Believe it or not, for the first time since June the 16th, the Philadelphia Phillies are seven games above 500. Unbelievable. The Phillies take their second straight game from the Cincinnati Reds last night, 72 and 65 on the season. Yet again, hard to believe, but the first time the Phillies have been seven games above 500 this season since June the 16th. We'll dive into it all. This is Phillies today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, September the 4th as we come off yet another Phillies victory. Three straight victories for this team. One shy of the season record. Unbelievable. Will this, uh, will this Phillies team find a way to sweep the Reds and win five games in a row? How crazy would that be? I speak with some jest, but it is nice to see the Phillies bounce back after such a disappointing series against the New York Mets. Just a real crusher. Coming off, uh, you know, you're feeling pretty good about this team. They head into the weekend with the Mets, and they lose two of three, and uh, it just was incredibly disappointing. We talked a lot about it yesterday and the day before. Uh, just a, a massive disappointment from this Phillies team in a situation where you felt really good about how they've handled the Mets this year. The Mets, of course, competitive for the first time in a while. Uh, uh, the last time the Phillies played them, the Mets were seemingly dead and buried, but stormed back with that massive 15 of 17 game winning streak they had. And the Phillies come to, and the Mets come to town, they beat the Phillies 2 3, and it was incredibly frustrating. Again, that Friday night game sticks out the most 1 1 through 7, and somehow they lose the game 11 5. They were down 11 1 at one point. Just a brutal effort. And then the next game, don't show up at all. Jason Vargas' worst start as a Philly. Luckily, though, luckily, the Phillies bounce back in game three against the Mets. A nail-biter as up 2-1 in the eighth inning. Then the bullpen blows it. It's 2-2. Two two. Uh, heading into the bottom of the eighth, Scott Kingery, a bases clearing triple. Kingery has been white hot. We'll talk about Kingery a little bit later in more detail. But Kingery, that big hit. Phillies win it 5-2 as Hector Neris able to hang on in that ninth inning. And then Phillies now have won back-to-back games. 7-1 in game one against Cincinnati on Monday. 6-2 uh, yesterday. 13-3 they've outscored the Cincinnati Reds in this series, which is great to see. And don't get me wrong, the Cincinnati Reds are a bad baseball team. They are legit bad. They are not good. But... This Phillies team, that hasn't mattered this year. In fact, they have a better record against good teams than bad teams this year. So that was almost a hindrance, luckily, for once, it seems. The Phillies not playing down to their competition when 7-1 on Monday, 6-2 last night. Now, the 2019 Phillies, you know, the team we've gotten to know this year, they're the team that comes back and loses the next two to Cincinnati. Let's hope that with this getting to seven games above 500 for the first six, uh, first time since June 16th, that maybe, just maybe, this Phillies team will start to break the pattern and will potentially, dare I say, go on a run, a mini run, any sort of run, just some sort of run. Over this last 25 games of the season, starting out nicely, they've won three straight again. They will go for four straight tonight against the Reds. We'll dive into that later. Looking back at last night, again, 7-1 victory on Monday. Uh, Reese Hoskins, a couple of homers. Bryce Harper is 30th homer of the season. The Phillies' basket going. Then they ride the back of Drew Smiley's best start in a long time as Smiley was great 
for the Phillies against the Reds, and they come back the next day, win it 6-2 to two last night. A nice one. Uh, Velasquez struggles, uh, only able to make it through three innings, four hits allowed, one earned run, five strikeouts, two walks, 67 pitches. But then, wouldn't you know it, the uh, piece-it-together mash unit of a bullpen out there pretty much shuts the Reds down for the rest of the game as a combination of Nick Vincent, Ranger Suarez, Mike Moore, and Jose Alvarez, Blake Parker, and Hector Neris combined to go six strong, allowing only two hits, one walk, one run with nine strikeouts. How about you? How about you? Ranger Suarez, an inning, two strikeouts. Hector Neris, an inning, three strikeouts for the two standouts. But ultimately, everyone pitches well. Blake Parker got into a little trouble Allowed a run, uh, second and third one, and able to get out of it um, with only the one run, which was nice to see as, uh, again, kept it close, and then the Phillies added a couple more runs there in the top of the ninth inning. Scotty Kingery goes yard, but um, the Phillies, uh, in general, just uh, really outstanding effort last night from the bullpen, and they really needed it. Phillies get down early in the first. Aristis Aquino, an RBI single, makes it one nothing, but then the Phillies... Start to come alive in the third, a sack fly from J.T. Romito. In the fourth, an RBI single from Cesar Hernandez. And then in the fifth, Bryce Harper, an RBI single. Reese Hoskins, an RBI sack fly. Harper, his 100th RBI of the season. Very quietly all of a sudden, Bryce Harper, 30 homers, 100 RBI. On his way to having a season that doesn't look nearly as bad as a lot of people thought it was going to. We'll dive into Harper's stats. And a little bit more detail coming up as well. Phillies up 4-1 to one at that point. I mentioned Blake Parker running into a touch of trouble in the 8th, but only gets it gets out of it only allowing one run. And then the Scott Kingery homer, and then a Corey Dickerson RBI double to follow. Ultimately scores 2 in the ninth. The Phillies win it 6-2 to two as they're able to on Dickerson. Another great night, 2-4, for four, RBI and a run. A walk in there as well. All that guy does is hit, get on base. He is just, man, what a, what a pickup Corey Dickerson has been just. Again, I said it yesterday, it's crazy to think about, but outside of Bryce Harper has been great and clutch for this team. Corey Dickerson is the number one guy I would want up in a big spot for this team, which is unbelievable to think about because not only was he not on the team prior to the July 31st trade deadline, but he was also someone who they got for absolutely nothing. So the Phillies, uh, again, I know we've um, ripped Klentak for their lack of aggressiveness at the deadline for not doing more to help this team along. And I think it's still a fair criticism. I mean, this team, again, just continues to hover right behind the Cubs here. Can't seem to make up ground, but they are in this. And who knows if a bigger deal or two maybe makes them, pushes them over the top. Again, I didn't want to give up the farm for it, but I think there were better deals to be made. But with that criticism in mind, you do have to step back and give credit for the moves they did make in the sense of, Guys, you know, obviously bringing in guys who have contributed to this team and they literally gave up nothing to get them. Corey Dickerson, Jason Vargas have both been good Phillies, Dickerson especially. Uh, Mike Moore and Blake Parker. Jared Hughes, not as good, but those guys in the bullpen have been really helpful. Picked up for literally nothing off the scrap heap. Um, so the Jay Bruce trade, obviously Bruce has been hurt just coming back, but, uh, you know, was a real nice factor for this team for a little bit there is, uh, you know, you do have to give credit for, for without giving up literally anything, this team has found a way to supplement with some cheap options. So Corey Dickerson's been awesome. JT Romito continues to hit two for three last night with an RBI and a run, a walk as well. Hoskins goes over for three, but had a walk and an RBI. Also had a 
uh, a foul ball home run in the ninth that was a half a foot at most foul. It was so close to being a bomb. He's been hitting the ball hard. Hoskins looking like he's back finally. Uh, Gene Segura had a, uh, a nice RBI single after replacing Brad Miller early in the game. Um, Scott Kingery, that home run. Uh, Adam Aisley, two for three, scores a couple runs, had a nice night. Um, seems to find a way to get home. You know, when he's on the bases, find a way to um, to score in those situations. A good base runner, a smart base runner. And the Phillies are able to do it again. Shout out again to the bullpen for just a, a really stellar showing when they needed it. This team needed to find a way to keep the Reds from scoring runs and allow the offense to get hot. And they did again six shutout, excuse me, six one-run innings, two hits, one walk, nine Ks for the pen. Just a really, really outstanding outstanding effort from the pen last night and the bats get going a little bit so far in Cincinnati again, 13 runs through two games. You feel pretty good about that. You hope they can continue to bring it over the rest of the stretch. And then of course, heading to New York this weekend for another massive series with the Mets. They took two of three from the Phillies at home. You hope that the Phillies can go into New York and return the favor. They pretty much have to. That's where we're at. 25 games left in the season. Every single one of them is absolutely crucial for a Phillies team that, despite playing good baseball lately, can't seem to uh, to gain much ground, which is obviously frustrating. Uh, but uh, a few milestones, uh, or one milestone we mentioned last night, just to kind of go further on again, shout out to the Phillies for getting it done last night. Again, don't be the 2019 Phillies. Be a new team and go out and win these next two. Beat the Reds. The Reds are done. They've mailed it in for the season. It's pretty clear. There is zero passion, zero intensity with that club. They're checked out. The Phillies should win these next two games. They really should. We'll dive into more of that later. But uh, mentioned Bryce Harper having himself a really nice season all of a sudden. There was definitely some time where there was some real consternation about Bryce Harper and the season he was having. But all of a sudden, Harper's OPS getting close to 900 again. 372 OBP, the 505 slugging. Those numbers way better than they've been all season long. 30 home runs on the season, 100 RBI for Bryce, um, tying a career high for him as he will set a career high in RBI, and he is continuing to match home runs. When, when all said and done, we're going to look up, and Harper's going to finish the season with like 37 homers and 120 RBI, and it's going to be like, ooh, well, that was a good season. Not to mention the fact that the man has played maybe not gold glove caliber, but maybe the next step down in terms of the stellar defense that guy has played. He's been a lightning rod with his aggressiveness, his base running. He's been a leader for this team. He's really, for the first time, stepped into that role as a leader, a guy who came into Washington as the 19-year-old kid, the, the phenom, the LeBron of baseball, and yet it was never really his team. He was always that 19-year-old kid there. It was Max Scherzer's team. It was Jason Worst's team before him. It was so many guys um, who you could say was their team more so than, than Bryce Harper's team, whatever the national view of it was. Harper was always that young kid and never a leader in the same way. Here, he's really been a leader for this club. He's made a big difference on both the field and off of it, and um, really just, again, that that aggressive mentality that he brings. I, I mean, it's so crucial. When you think about playing on a baseball team and the effort you have to give consistently night after night and – um, you know, you see your leader, the guy who's making $330 million, continuously running the, everything out, hustling around the bases, playing with that passion, that aggressiveness, that fire, that absolutely has to leak into other players. That has to be infectious. And I think that Harper has really, really been a, a real 
real great asset for this Phillies team this year and someone who, again, I think the early part of the season kind of um, warped our view on it. But at the end of the season, we look back on it, we're going to say, wow, Bryce Harper had a really good season. Maybe not all-time Bryce Harper great season, but a really good season. And even more so, I think you get that much more excited for what this guy's going to do over the next few years. I mean, the Bryce Harper Hall of Fame campaign is on. It is. I know it sounds crazy, but he's already well on a Hall of Fame pace when you look at his numbers. And um, he is just, he's going to be awesome next year. Uh, honestly, I, I, early front runner in my mind for, for National League MVP. Because I think that now that he's finally set in in Philadelphia, he's finally comfortable. We're going to see the guy we've seen in August way more often last year. The guy we've seen in early September, the last month of the season, Bryce Harper, the guy who's had the best, had the best August of his career, a career where he's won an MVP. I think we see a beast Bryce Harper next year. Now that he's comfortable, now that it's his team, he doesn't have all the other stuff to worry about. His kid's here. He's good to go. All he has to do next year is step on the field and say, let's go Phillies. And man, I think he's going to bring it. I'm really excited about the future with Bryce Harper. The next few years, I think, are going to be really special. And uh, I think we're seeing that now. And he's really had a great season um, every day. Better and better. And again, I think by the end of the season, we're going to look at it and say, wow, Bryce Harper had a really, really great season for this Phillies team. Another guy who I think we've all acknowledged it throughout the season, but is having a really great season for this team is Scott Kingery. And we've given him props as we can as we go, but um, has played really great baseball lately. Some huge hits. This guy, all this guy does is get extra base hits. Um, you look at the four, uh, the 501 slugging percentage on the season is really impressive. In terms of war, at least at fan graphs, he's tied for the fourth best player on the team, and that's with missing a bunch of a fair amount of games compared to some other people with that injury at earlier in the season. I mean, that's massive. He is having a great year for this Phillies team. 17 home runs, 50 RBI on the season for Kingery. He's going to get to 20 homers. Scotty Kingery. Uh, it's pretty exciting to see what this guy is turning into, especially, obviously, after last season was such a massive disappointment. There was so much expectation for him. Um, obviously, that that kind of historic contract, getting signed to that deal without ever stepping on a major league field, and really just looked lost last year most of the time, but... I think the Phillies' decision to stick with him and to give him those reps and that experience has ultimately already paid a ton of dividends as he got that stuff out last year and now we're seeing him you know, go back to what he does best and, and feel comfortable at the major league level and he's had a great year. He's been one of their best players. It's crazy to think about and and all of a sudden that contract, that, that nine-year, $42 million deal they gave him looks like one of the better contracts in baseball when you consider how little he's going to be making for the type of player he could be for his 25, 26, 27, 28, 29 seasons. You know, I mean, wow, what a contract. What an insane contract that could end up being. Obviously, he has to continue to progress, but even if they get this year's Scott Kingery, and that's assuming he doesn't get better, which, look, he's gotten better already. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, he's only 25, right? I mean, um, there's a real chance that Kingery gets even better. Uh, I think a likelihood he gets even better. And already, if he's just this player from this season, that contract is one of the best in baseball for what they're playing. It really is in terms of just pure value. It is a great, great contract. And that's why you take those risks sometimes. Sometimes they can backfire. Jonathan Singleton, the only other player who had signed a deal while still being a minor leaguer, and his was a much less 
money deal. I think it was three years, ten million, and he sucked and never made it in the majors. Former Philly, of course. Uh, minor leaguer Jonathan Singleton traded the Astros, but um, you know there's obviously risk there. But in this case, it looks like taking that risk was a really smart move by the Phillies, as Scott Kingery is someone who can help this team for a long time, and and also um, you know is going to be an affordable affordable asset for this team. Um, really, really affordable asset. So um, you feel pretty excited about that. You feel really good about where Kingery's at, what he can give you. And um, what he's already given you this te- this season is, again, uh, according to Fangraphs, at least the fourth-best player on this team, tied with Gene Segura after uh, JT Romuto, Bryce Harper, and Reese Hoskins. Uh, in terms of F4, their Fangraphs version of war, JT Romuto at 4.8, Bryce Harper at 3.7, Hoskins at 2.8, then Segura and Kingery at 2.5 each, uh, which is pretty wild. And that's uh, just for hitters. Um, but um, pretty wild, pretty awesome to see. Um, excuse me, not just for hitters. That is for um, yes, just for hitters. Excuse me. Um, but that is a uh, it's pretty awesome. He has Aaron Null is a three point two WAR for pitchers, so he'd be slightly higher there. But really, um, shout out to Kingery. Shout out to him. Uh, you know, kind of going back to what he does and what what he's comfortable with, and it's certainly worked out. All right, coming up, some big news in Phillies land. We'll dive into that. Plus, we'll look ahead to Game Three of Four against the Cincinnati Reds coming up today. We'll dive into that and a whole lot more coming up. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies, today, James Seltzer, as we come off a of Phillies win. Last night in Cincinnati, 6-2 victory as the Phillies back at it today in Cincinnati for game three of this four-game series against the Cincinnati Reds. As uh, tonight, we will get to see a, a real fun one tonight as Aaron Nola takes on Trevor Bauer. Of course, Bauer traded for at the deadline by the Reds. Bauer has been really bad. Since coming over to Cincinnati, he is uh, not close to what they traded for, obviously, in his performance. Just got rubbed up in his last outing. So hopefully the Phillies can kind of continue that trend and have a chance to take advantage of of him. And, of course, with Nola on the other night, you feel like you have to win the Nola starts, even though they've struggled to do that um, recently. A big one, Jason Vargas against Sonny Gray tomorrow. That's a advantage for the Reds. So, I, I you know, you really hope Nola can get it done against Bauer uh, tonight, tomorrow, 1235 start. And then, uh, obviously, in New York for the weekend. We'll look ahead to all that coming up first. Um, quick note from, from Phillies land. As Johnny Almarez uh, surprisingly stepped down yesterday as the Phillies scouting director. He was not fired, uh, and he will remain with the organization in a uh, another role as a special assistant. But apparently he wanted to spend time, more time with his family after five years as the scouting director for the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, some of the highlights of his um, time in terms of his top picks in order. Uh, he took Cornelius Randolph in 2015 in the first round, Mickey Moniak in 2016, Hazley 2017, Alec Baum 2018, then Bryson Stott 2019. Just looking at those first round picks, Randolph is obviously a bust, though he has had a, a better go of it lately in the Myers, but a clear bust. Moniak, we'll see. Certainly, I think probably going to be uh, not value of the first overall pick in a draft, but he's, he started to eat up. He had a really nice year in the minors this year, better than he has yet. So we'll see. Hazley's turned into a nice major league player, maybe not befitting of the seventh pick in the draft, eighth pick in the draft, whatever he was, but a nice player. Alec Baum and Bryson Stott both have the potential to be really good players. Uh, Baum especially, obviously, has had a really nice season in the minors, 305 with 21 home runs across single and double A. I mean, that's... That's legit. Alec Baum's legit. So you like that pick by Almarez. Um, but I think on the whole, 
Look, I think those picks actually aren't that bad. He also uh, was uh, in charge of taking Spencer Howard. Um, Scott Kingery was drafted under Almaraz's watch. So look, he's had some hits. Uh, I don't think you can blame the Phillies' issues uh, with minor league talent development solely at Almaraz's feet, but um, he's definitely had some misses, especially in the later rounds. I mean, this team has found so few gems past the first couple rounds over his five-year tenure, and they've especially found so little depth, so little organizational depth. Again, we talk so many times about teams like the Dodgers who could just bring guys up like Julio Urias and Ross Stripling, and you know they just brought up Gavin Lux, who's like a top 10 prospect to play second base. I mean, they, they Dustin May. I mean, they have so many guys for depth, so many young, talented prospects they can come up who can pitch out of the bullpen for them if they need them, who can be a bench bat, who can do whatever, who are just give you so much organizational flexibility when you have that type of talent and that type of depth of talent that it makes such a difference. And I think that's really been the biggest area where Amrez failed in his time as scouting director as, um, again, he, he didn't do that bad on the high picks. You know, we went through that list. Some of those guys are, are hits. But I think when you look at the organizational depth as a whole, they've really struggled, especially with pitching. You know, you take out Spencer Howard that – the lack of of successful pitching talent that has been drafted is almost astounding. It's almost astounding. And they have organizationally under Amrez, they had such a philosophy of taking guys with control rather than guys who throw hard. And it has been a disaster. I don't think there's any question about it. That's how you end up with Cole Irvin and Ranger Suarez and all these guys. These guys who can't throw hard. And there's a Phillies team that just is bereft of guys who throw hard in a, in a sport where... Throwing hard is the most important thing these days. So um, I think that when you look at Almaraz's tenure, again, I think that he probably gets too unfairly criticized for the overall issues organizationally. And look, we I've complained about them. I, I'm incredibly disappointed with where this team is from an organizational talent depth standpoint when you think about the fact they were one of the worst teams in baseball for four years or whatever. You should come out of that with a lot more talent. You should. I mean, the Astros came out with World Series winning talent. The Cubs did too. That's what happens. That's why you're that bad for that long. So you can accumulate talent. Um, So I don't think Amarez is at fault for all of that, but I do think that when you look at the organizational depth, the lack of talented arms, the the fact that this bullpen, a perfect example to bring it back home, is filled with Mike Morin and Jared Hughes and Blake Parker instead of young arms from the Philly system who can come up and pitch, that's an issue. And I think there is a real critique of Johnny Amarez that you can make that's fair and warranted as, again, they've just really struggled to fill the minor leagues with talented guys who make major league rosters, you know, one form or another. Again, you don't have to hit on a draft pick. It doesn't have to be a, a, a a starter. Guys who can come up and help you from the bullpen have tons of value. And the Phillies have struggled with that, struggle with bench bats, struggle with all of it. So, uh, and of course, ultimately struggle really on the whole with, with the overall talent. So I think while Amrez will probably get a little bit of unfair level of criticism, I think on the whole, you have to look at his tenure as a more of a disappointment than as a, a positive. But either way, all I can say is hopefully, hopefully the Phillies go out and hire someone really smart from the Dodgers or the Indians or the Rays or one of these really smart organizations, a team that continually drafts well, a team that continue to develop players well, all that type of stuff. That's the type of guy I want in here. I will accept nothing less. <laughs> go find a smart guy from a smart team for this role because it is an incredibly important role.
That is that can't be lost. A massively important role for this team's future. Go find somebody smart who has worked in a really smart organization and knows how to do things in a smart way. It's that simple to me. All right. Uh, tonight, back at it. Big one. Nola versus Bauer. Really fun matchup. And then tomorrow, 1235 game. So um, it's all going to come together quick. Can the Phillies sweep? Can they win five in a row? Can we do this? Let's go, Phillies. Please, I need it. We all need it. Um, we just need it. But a big one tonight. Hopefully we get Cincinnati Bauer and not Cleveland Bauer. And hopefully Nola can give him seven strong and the team can actually score some runs for him. Wouldn't that be something? Either way, we'll be back to recap and react to it all tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.